0: Mitch. Mahomes It's there! Hardman! Jackpot! Kansas City! Game-winning drive of Mahomes' career. He is the best. Mitch. He is the standard. And Michael Jordan wins it again. Touchdown! Hardman caught the ball! The Mitch. Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won!
1: Mitch. Mitch. Kansas City wins the game! Mitch. 25 22 Mix Picks Sports Show. Welcome to the Mix Picks Sports Show. Uh, Steve Mickelson uh, with uh, 2Ks in Mix and 2Ks in Picks from mixpicks.com in Las Vegas as always. Good morning, Steve.
0: Good morning.
1: And uh, Gary Key, husband of uh, Donkey, mm. uh, from the Rad Radio Show, joins us again this morning. Hey, buddy. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, Steve, uh, before we get to what you and I were talking about earlier this morning, uh, Gary and I were rolling our eyes at each other uh, about that that clip we played for the opener there. Because I, I, was, I was visibly rolling my eyes and shouting at the end of the game uh, last night. Tony Romo, it's got to stop what everybody else is doing and making Patrick Mahomes the better than Tom Brady he is not the Michael Jordan of the NFL that would be Tom Brady that is a complete overstatement he's the best quarterback in the game bar none but can we stop with this
0: yeah I'm in agreement there he's gotta continue to prove it over the you know length of his career he's on his way yes. I, I'm not gonna dispute that part but to already be crowning him that I, I mean to me that's crazy. You gotta fulfill your whole entire career, and then we evaluate your career as a whole to determine who is the greatest of all time. And he's not there yet.
1: No, he's not even Montana. And no. this this reminds me of golf, where every young player is the next Tiger Woods until they're not. <laughs> I, I was gonna use
2: the basketball example again yeah. when LeBron won his third championship, and everybody was saying that he's greater than Michael Jordan as well. And
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the the one I liked uh, this morning was uh, producer uh, Kyle said that Patrick Mahomes is like Kobe at this point. Yep. And, and that works for me because he is great. But most of most of the game yesterday, Steve, for you and for me, and we'll find out from Gary, really seems to center on what we had been talking about all week. It's almost like we foreshadowed this. Uh, Niners coach Kyle Shanahan, I, you you and I both, I think, put this loss squarely um, at his feet. And, and this story about the Niners players not knowing the overtime rules in comparison to the Chiefs players who say, oh, we've been working on it since... Uh, training camp, and, and in fact, uh, Kyle Shanahan in his uh, post game uh, got a little bit more information since we talked earlier, Steve. He said that that his analytics guys had told him that how to do it or whatever, but they so he he intentionally took the ball in overtime when they won the the coin flip. But he didn't tell the players anything. And and I'll find the exact quote for you. But there were other examples there. This story is getting a lot of traction. It is front page on ESPN.com. You know they're going to talk about it on all the talking head shows. I still land where you and I landed earlier and last week. Nothing will happen to Kyle Shanahan.
0: No, I don't believe anything's going to happen to Kyle Shanahan. But, you know, part of being a coach and a leader, you're to coach and teach your players, Put, you know, bring out these scenarios so they're prepared when it comes time to execute this on the field or even at the coin toss. The fact that he didn't even share this with the players to me is mind boggling because you have to know what you're going to do. I don't blame the players because, oh, they explain the overtime rules to the players. I'll be honest with you. If I was out there, done the coin toss, I'm trying to focus on what I'm going to do and how I'm going to execute. Once we start playing overtime, I'm not listening to the referee telling me the rules because by rights, my coaches should have already embedded that in my mind, so I already knew what it was. The fact they didn't hear anything would tell me they're the same rules that we had, you know, in the regular season. So to me, again, everything, I look at this whole game and we talked about the the advantages the Chiefs had was the coaching and the quarterback just because it's Patrick Mahomes. Well, I was really pleased with what Brock Purdy did. I, I can't put any blame on Brock Purdy at all. He had a really good game. The difference to me, the entire difference was coaching.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that as well, Steve. It's uh, This is falls 100% on Shanahan right now, and I, I don't know how long you go before you yourself personally accept that you've been there three times and blown double-digit leads in the Super Bowl three times. Without holding, holding yourself accountable and trying – I mean, what's he doing to improve himself as a coach?
1: Well, he uh, he said – so first of all, let me let me backtrack here. Niners coach Kyle Shanahan said he and his analytics staff discussed overtime possibilities before the game. Eric Armstead and fullback Kyle Juszczyk both said that overtime strategy was never discussed with 49ers players leading up to the Super Bowl. Armstead, Armstead rather, saw the postseason overtime rules on the Allegiant Stadium scoreboard. That's how he knew they were different. Um, the Chiefs said they were well prepared going all the way back to training camp. Andy Reid said we've talked about it all year. And even if the Niners players would have listened to the refs, they're not going to then change what their decision if they win the coin toss because they're going to do what the coaches had told them. And, and to Kyle Shanahan, he defended his, uh, his coaching as well uh, after the game saying that he was uh always i have it here i really do because i knew this was going to come up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he he defended his coaching i will find the quote for you i promise uh but he said the worst thing that would happen is if i didn't do something that that i was was going to do so i don't see any self-awareness no. c- at this point yeah we got a ton of emails here steve uh, we're going to start with this one from jeff uh you email us rad at radradio.com says robin steve that was brutal I was rooting for the 49ers, but watching that game was painful. I had PTSD as a lifelong Chargers fan. I felt like I was watching a Chargers game. Had every opportunity to win the game, but they found every way to lose it. Coach Kyle is on the hot seat. I don't believe that. I just don't believe he's on the hot seat at all. I, I expect a uh, um, uh, a statement from John Lynch about how he's got full confidence in Kyle Shanahan uh, by today.
0: Yeah, I expect that as well. You know, one of the things that I'm just tired of in sports altogether is coaches – blaming their analytics Mm. for their bad decisions i mean come on accept responsibility for your actions analytics do not give you an excuse to make bad calls
1: here's what shanahan said gary uh um, quote what i can't live with is when i do stuff that i didn't plan on doing or that i didn't do and second guess myself i'm proud of what we did today as a coaching staff and as players in terms of we worked and we did everything we planned on doing we just didn't get it done
2: I just, yeah, I just, the first half, I would say he did a great job. The second half was just a completely different story. And I honestly, I don't disagree with him for taking the ball in overtime, especially with the current rules. In a zero-zero ball game, for me, I want to be the first team to score because it's just going to put that much more pressure on the other team. And it's going to give your defense a chance to do what they're supposed to do, which is step up and stop players. And that just didn't happen in this game.
1: Now, Steve, a few hours ago, you had the other reaction. You thought, no, no, don't take the ball.
0: I still, I would not have taken the ball because of what the rules are. Even if they score the touchdown, I still get the ball. I want to know what my opponent does. And just like the Chiefs, look, if the 40, you know, the Chiefs, get the ball, kick a field goal. I know, okay, I got to get in the field goal range, but I want to end this right now. I want the touchdown. And if they get the touchdown, I know I'm going for it fourth and however many every single time it comes up because I know I have to score the touchdown. So for me, I want to be on defense first because I want to know what the outcome I need to get to. Uh,
1: Mandy Reed uh, said after the game, he's a pretty smart guy talking about Shanahan. So there's got to be a reason why he did that, take the ball. Uh, everybody's got their own philosophy on it. I get it. And the counter argument is that, and this is not Andy Reid talking now, the counter argument is that if Shanahan had put his defense on the field, the 49ers would have known whether they needed a field goal or touchdown to tie or win the game before their offense took the field. Uh, Shanahan said, We got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal. If we did, we felt it was in our hands after that. So, And this is the problem in the way it turned out is that Shanahan put the game in the 49ers' defense's hands. This is a 49ers' defense that since Christmas has been a different defense. Yeah. And if it was if it was the 49ers' defense, Steve, of October and most of November, sure, I'll put it in their hands. I, I would not have – I would. I just – I didn't like that. And the minute I, – I, I've said this a million times. The minute the Niners kicked a field goal in overtime, I looked at my wife and I said, Mahomes is going to drive down the field and score a touchdown, game's over.
0: And and that's what you thought. And, And you talk about how, if you knew you had the 49ers defense early on, well, then why didn't you go for it? I mean, I would rather start Patrick Mahomes at the four or five yard line and make him go 95 yards to beat me type of thing, as opposed to kicking the field goal, because every single fan, I believe watching the game said Chiefs won.
2: So just uh, in defense of my strategy here Steve I just no cuz as, as you know the reason that I the reason that I say I would take the ball first in this situation is due to the inexperience that Purdy has at that level so far right he, he him trying to come from behind in the Super Bowl I think is going to be a lot more difficult for the offense to score or even score a touchdown for that matter so let them put up the points first get him off the field and yeah let go back out and let the defense do their job
0: And addressing that part, I I watched Brock Purdy lead of a great drive to beat the Packers. I watched Brock Purdy come back from 17 down against the Lions and win that game. I have confidence in Brock Purdy. I don't think he was the problem here. The the other bitch I have with Shanahan is the first half. They're featuring a fullback. They're running the ball power running game. We hit the second half. You're just, just sitting on the sidelines. We're no longer seeing a fullback out there. We're going to an up-tempo, not that it was up-tempo, but you know, wide receiver sets, and we're throwing the ball. Why? And Shanahan said, I did everything I thought we would do. We just didn't quite get it done. Well, I'm telling you, if that was Shanahan's plan for the second half again, he was out-coached because he left what his strength was to go to his weakness, and he allowed it to happen and said that was his game plan.
1: And 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 I don't understand. And what was the game plan? Was the game plan always to dominate with the run in the first half and then go completely away from it? Was this a halftime adjustment? And and I noticed too, Steve, that the two players you and I picked to be the X-Factors on the Niners, Juszczyk and Jennings, they were the X-Factors in that first half. And I was like, oh, my God, Steve and I are actually really good at this sports thing because they were they were using check the way I said they could as a decoy to yeah. McCaffrey. They were they were going to Jennings a ton, and it, everything was working. So I guess I need more clarification on what Kyle Shanahan means, Gary. I'll start with you yeah. when he says um, we did everything we wanted to do. We stuck to the game plan. What does he does he mean? It was always his plan to go away from being successful.
2: I, I surely hope not. You know, and I'm not defending his coaching style for the entire game because, like I said, the first half, first quarter, even. I thought it was an incredible game plan. I love the way the offense looked in that first drive up until the fumble. Second half, I, it was just me basically looking at the TV, going, "What are we doing here? What <laughs> what what is this? Where where is Jennings? Where is Jusick in this play? In this case here, right? Because I mean, he is a big difference game player, especially in in a game of this level.
1: Steve, was it early in that second half where you started to? To say, what are we doing here? Or when when did it really click in for you? Uh, For me, it was almost immediately
0: into that second half. That third quarter was absolutely brutal. I'm watching it going, you know, and and I'm not even sure if they got a first down in that third quarter. It was that bad. And you're like, everything you were doing went away. You've now gone to this passing offense, run the ball. You, You got the lead run it it's been successful and and you're going up against the part that we didn't stress that much last week as much but you saw it in this game kc secondary is arguably the best secondary in the league why are you throwing it into their strength? And, and even if you're going to throw where do those crossing routes go? I, I mean, it suddenly became Purdy was throwing everything outside towards the numbers in the sideline where they had success in the first half, throwing it to the middle of the field, and that went away too. It was like, hey, they suddenly allowed me to start calling plays, <laughs> and, and I think I would have done a better job because the first half wonderful defense stepped up. I mean, they should have been up like 17 to three at halftime. It's unfortunately, they were only up 10, three, but why would you then abandon that game plan? Did he outthink himself and say, oh, well, Andy Reid's going to make the adjustments to stop that. So now I got to make the adjustments to go against his adjustments. Well, Andy Reed didn't. He just took away what Shanahan was doing.
1: Uh, we got to, to kind of that point, Steve. We got this email from Nick, uh, R. E. D. at radradio.com. It says, I'm a huge 49ers fan, but this season was embarrassing. I watched the Super Bowl with over a handful of high school football players, and we all called out each offensive play. It was a lot of fun. Four out of the ten called the same play as Shanahan did. The kids explained all of it, but if these high school kids can predict the play, then it's obvious. The game was boring to all of us. All the kids that are 15 and 16 years old said the Chiefs will win and it will be a field goal game most of them being 49er fans, how does Shanahan keep his job? Or is it Lynch won't ever get rid of him? Sorry, these kids wanted answers, and I gave what I could. Yeah, that's – I mean, yes, Lynch will not get rid of him, and the York family will not fire Lynch. Did you did you think the game, Steve, was boring? I, I enjoyed the game. I was just more
0: puzzled with, with the 49ers. You know, it's one of those, you got to keep attacking this chief's team. You got to keep doing what works, make them stop. I've always been a believer, make them stop what you're doing. Well, if I'm gaining eight yards, every single run, I'll run it for 20 straight times until they can figure out how to stop it. And then at that point I'll adjust and Shanahan just didn't do that.
2: Yeah. It's a, uh... I don't know where I was going to go with that. Do you sorry, remember
1: sorry. Gary? Uh, um, and Steve, you too. You might too. But Gary, being another Forty Nine er fan, Monday Night Football, the year Steve Young. I think the year he took them to the Super Bowl, but it might have been the year before that. They ran. They ran a drive where Steve Young handed the ball off like 22 times in a row. He never threw the ball. And the Monday night announcers at the time, I forget which team it was, they actually got into a little bit of an argument because one of them was making the point, this is Steve Young's coming out game. He is taking control, and he's just letting other people do the work, and the other guy, he's not doing anything. But I've always remembered that when Steve brings up, why why do, just keep running the ball?
2: Yeah, uh, that I, it, I don't disagree with what Steve said there either. I, I don't know why he went away from that game plan. It just... It's mind-boggling.
1: We got this one from Ron. says, Steve couldn't have said any better. I yelled at the screen at four minutes left in the fourth quarter when Purdy had thrown more passes in the first eight minutes of the third than the whole first half. The other issue I had was it looked like they went to a prevent defense midway through the third. So sad that poor coaching cost talented players a championship. Were there any defensive, Steve, things? I'm sorry, not defensive. Were there any player things that did stick out of you? You said you don't blame the players at all. Um, I know you, I know that you brought up, uh, earlier, uh, this morning when you and I were talking that the Greenlaw freak injury of killing, uh, tearing his Achilles tendon running onto the field, didn't help the defense on that last stand, but it, does anything stand out to you on the Niners team that where you go, well, that was a player problem.
0: No, I don't really think there were any player problems. The green law I thought was a really big injury, uh, uh, Samuel going down, you know, but that he came back, I I'm not sure how healthy it was, but he seemed to play the second half just fine. It was just a shame. Cause I'm sitting there watching this game at the time going 49ers are finally healthy. They have everybody Greenlaw goes down. Debo Samuel goes down and I'm like, what an awful time to start losing your top players. Because the one thing we all, I believe agree on is you want everyone to be healthy. You want everyone playing at their best for the Super bowl. This is the marquee game. You, you want to beat your opponent at their best as well
1: on on offense though as we talked last week steve the niners have enough weapons that in a second half you can you can replace them pick and choose and still get the job done but yes of course we want all we want everybody and i want to beat the chiefs healthy too so that we beat them at their best if you will um but but i i i'm really trying to key in on the moment where I can say, well, that guy screwed up, and it really does feel like we're just having a, a firing session at Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, from a 49er side,
2: it is there is no player issues whatsoever. I mean, Purdy did not throw any bad balls to where they could be intercepted, uh, maybe except the last pass that he threw into Debo Samuel in the end zone um, that the defender got in front of uh, or was in front of the whole time still. But other than that, no, the, the players were all great. Maybe... Treat Williams with the three three penalties in a row for, Um, you know, but you can't blame it on that. That's not what caused the loss. And you
1: can't get mad at McCaffrey for the fumble and things like that. Okay, so, Steve, I'm going to let you take this one. John just wrote in. We found some uh, disagreement here. John said, to me, it looked more like the Chiefs defense was stopping the run hard. And if Kyle would have kept running the ball and getting stopped, you would be saying how stubborn he is
0: that's a good point i just i just don't see that happening you know the chiefs all year long i think they were one of the worst in the leagues in giving up yards per carry against the rush you know some could argue well that's because the chiefs always have the lead and everybody you know has to pass the ball but then i would counter with that that the chiefs didn't blow anybody out so all their games were close so that isn't necessarily the factor either I I just think the Niners running game, it was all there for them. They showed it the first half. Uh, You know, the McCaffrey down close, what was it? Second and four, and they stopped him to no yards. That was a big stop by that Chiefs defense there. Man, I would have ran McCaffrey again on third down, a third and four and said, here you go. And uh, again, I get that argument. I just don't think that was the case i don't think i would have been going there because again the chief secondary is one of the best in the leagues and if you are going to throw it, it needed to be to me more of the crossing patterns which we saw in the first half and i didn't see that from brock purdy and this game plan in the second half uh
1: jesse just emailed in redradradio.com all right this was this was a moment There's So many happened there was so much of that to try to remember uh he says the big turnaround of the game as well was on the kick return when the ball touched the Niners player and the Chiefs picked up the ball in the red zone. That's, that was a Ray Ray, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that
2: wasn't Ray Ray. It Who actually it hit off the foot of one of the guys that was blocking for Ray Ray. Oh, okay. So Ray Ray had, had waved it off, and the guy had his back turned. He had his foot behind him, and the ball literally hit right on his heel, and Ray Ray saw it. So he saw it enough to be able to you know try and jump on it, but...
1: That's why I didn't remember it as a player mistake yeah. because, right, it wasn't. It was a freak, uh, it was a freak thing. Um, then we got this from Jacob. It says uh, the defense only gave up one touchdown before overtime. The touchdown was a 16-yard drive off a punt that hit some dude's leg and muff punt after. This is probably why Kyle wanted the ball in overtime because he trusted the defense. Back to that argument, Steve.
0: Yeah, but you, you don't want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball late in the game with a chance to score. He, he just, you know, I keep using this phrase. He's magic to me at quarterback. I, I think when the 49ers kicked the field goal, uh, again, both of you are 49ers fans. Did you not watch the field? Hey, yeah, we just went up by three and said, we lost yeah, the game. Yeah, it's yep. over.
1: It was over. Uh, Jeremy wrote in, Rob, I said the same thing as you last night. I was out. There were a bunch of Niner fans. Everyone was cheering at the end of the game when they took the lead, 19-16. to And I said, there's too much time on the clock. No kidding. Mahomes is going to get at least a field goal, and this is going to overtime. I was scared then yeah. that Mahomes was going to just score a touchdown and we wouldn't even get to overtime. When the Niners drove down in OT and scored, I said the same thing again. Too much time on the clock. Mahomes is winning this game. Yeah, it's, and uh, somebody wrote in last week and said, Whoever has the ball last is going to be the winner, and that is exactly how it turned out. Robert wrote in and said, I think the Niners didn't look the same during the playoffs. Close games down to the wire. Something changed in the playoffs. They need to figure out what it was. I told my family you never give Mahomes time to tie or win the game. They did have three very different games, Steve, against the Packers, the Lions, and then yesterday. And I don't know if if we can point to one thing that, that changed that. I mean, did Shanahan go, go away from his whole scheme for the season. I mean, the, the defense wasn't playing as well, but those were three really weird games for a team that was, that has the best roster in the NFL.
0: See, I put the Packers and the Lions in a different category. I put those into the 49ers expected to win. I think they were looking kind of past those two opponents. Uh, both times, though, it was like they took a shot to the jaw. They took a step back and they were, were stunned, but they were able to recover. I think the Niners played a great game yesterday I just think they were out coach I I don't knock anything that they did other than play calling the second half and Shanahan's stubbornness in a sense of the play calling and again coaching how do you not let the players know what the rules are I, I, I mean the Chiefs let them know in training camp and the 49ers didn't know standing on the field in the Super Bowl That is all coaching. I thought the Niners' defense played really well. Uh, Greenlaw going down, I think, affected them. But outside of that, I mean, they gave up the touchdown on on the fumble on the punt from hitting the guy's foot, and then they gave up the touchdown, you know, in overtime. That's a strong defensive performance here. Brock Purdy played well. Me – this game was entirely coaching.
1: Gary, Steve, and I have been harping on this over the last few weeks, where the sports media has been all in on why is McCarthy getting one more chance with the Cowboys? There's all sorts of heat on Sirianni in Philadelphia, uh, uh, the, the the Bills' head coach. If you you know, you keep getting close, but you're not winning the big game, and and we're wondering why Shanahan is never getting that. And, and the sports media will probably do it to him today because of this rules thing. As a Niner fan, are you where I am? Where cuz I'm like I, I I wish they would just move him aside and bring Belichick in. Uh, again, I know that's not going to happen, but th- this is he's got he's had the best roster in the game. Yep. And he hasn't closed the deal. Are you done with him? I'm I am done with him. Yeah. I, you know, it's a great regular season coach, get
2: us to the playoffs, but you've already you three times now you've proven that you can't
1: finish a game in the Super Bowl. Um, uh, Speaking of, by the way, both Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey have come out and said we are not retiring. We'll be back next year. We're going to talk about their altercation and the reaction to it as well after this.
0: Mix Picks, the Mix Picks Sports Show. Let's go!
1: A couple emails uh, here, radradradio.com. Gary, known to a lot of people as Husband of Dawn from Rad Radio, is sitting in with us as well. Sean uh, simply says... The Niners didn't make the Chiefs pay for their turnovers, and the Chiefs made the Niners pay. Yep. You agree? 100%. Um, Steve, the uh, uh, how do you feel about this? I just I just double-checked uh, ESPN.com. They are they are slamming Shanahan pretty hard this morning, it looks like. Uh, but here's an article I pulled up. 49ers title window shrinks after Super Bowl loss versus the Chiefs. Skimming the article they basically don't really get too specific other than saying the unknown of the future, the championship window for the roster's veterans is shrinking ahead of a looming 2025 payday for Purdy. Are, are, the, Niners, are the Niners, like, are they running out of time here?
0: I, I don't know. It depends on the contracts. That I'm not privy to. You know, I haven't done the research on it. Brock Purdy, you're not worried about him till 2025. So that really shouldn't affect 2024 or anything like that. My big concern is that, the amount of money put into that defensive line. When you look at Bosa and Argraves and, you know, all of those players, you know, Chase Young, I got to figure Chase Young is gone at the end of the year. You know, Gregory is probably gone as well, but they're putting a lot of money into that defensive line. And, you know, some players, I don't know where Debo Samuel's at, but he's got to get some money. We already know Christian McCaffrey's getting his money, but you want to keep, you know, These guys on your team, so it's tough to say, you know, where exactly and if their window's ready to close, because they still got two more years on Brock
1: Purdy. I could be misremembering, but I thought they worked out a deal with Debo last year that he was fairly happy. Either way, though, I I, I get what you're saying, Stephen, as I'm thinking, because I did not give the, I didn't give this any thought that that the window was closing, and I think part of it is, look, the Niners should have. Two trophies with this with this team yeah. at least but I think part of it is ironically as we bash the hell out of Shanahan for the first 25 minutes of the show Shanahan and Lynch do a great job of figuring this roster out and so I'm just I, I, I as a niner fan Gary I just I haven't been concerned about oh well, that's it we're never going to win it now
2: uh, I, no that that thought hasn't crossed my mind yet I mean we purdy mr l irrelevant we don't know what's coming down the pipe in the in the future with our rookies um and you know quite honestly just Reading Brock Purdy and the type of person that he seems to be off the field, I really wouldn't be surprised if he tried to work out some sort of Tom Brady-style deal just to make sure they can pay the players to keep him around him to keep the team trying to win because that's all he wants to do is win, right?
1: Yeah, it it sure does seem like that to me. Um, Here's an email. RAD at radradio.com says, I'm not sure how many losses Kyle Shanahan needs to have before he realizes he's his own worst enemy. If you look back to the Christmas Day game, Kyle's offensive identity changed. Instead of handing the ball to the NFL's leading rusher, they became a passing team. In the third quarter of the Super Bowl, the Niners did six passes in a row. Even middle school offensive coordinators understand third and five is a lot easier to convert than third and ten. I'm losing faith in Kyle Shanahan, but nobody in that organization is going to hold him accountable. I, I... from what we see, Steve, do you even think there's going to be a conversation? Like, is Lynch going to even sit down with Shanahan and and say, dude? I, I don't think so. And, and I want to ask both of you a question here because I'm going
0: to take it a little bit different. Me being a lifelong Lions fan, so we're used to the misery. <laughs> you know, our goal is to get to the playoffs, hopefully someday, like we did this year, and win a playoff game because we haven't been able to do that. But do you think now that you're sitting here watching this every year, we should win it all, and every year, this disappointment at the end of the season? Which one do you think is actually worse as a fan? Never getting the opportunity and just being heartbroken because we stink every year, or having such high expectations every year, getting to the big game and getting totally crushed in the Super Bowl on the last game of the season?
2: yeah i it would it, for me I would say it's harder with the second one with the, being a 49ers fan the age that I'm at I got to experience the best of the 49ers team when they won all five of their Super Bowls you know we were five and0 oh, we just had this incredible dynasty it was an incredible team all the way through and the expect like you said the expectation now is that you win the Super Bowl and it, it is it's very much so a letdown when it doesn't happen and I would almost rather, you know, like with you, Steve, as a Lions fan, when you're, you're just excited they make the playoffs and then win a game in the playoffs and, you know, and it's a successful year, but I, I think it's harder being the first one.
1: So I would say same but a little different for me in that the, the first decade of this century was awful, and, and and I hated every minute of watching the Niners go 4 and 12 and, and just stinking up the joint, and I don't want to experience that again, But but – I think the the thing that's so hard about this is Gary and I are the same age, so go through the '80s and '90s, and I never, I was never nervous when the, when the Niners were playing in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. I always knew they were going to win, and now I feel like I should feel that way. And I think that's the problem, Steve. Is the expectations are so high? Like your your Lions, the only expectations this year were they really should get to the playoffs, just get to the playoffs, then they win, and then they win again, and it's like wow. The Niners were always supposed to win this Super Bowl. You said it. So many other people said it. I can't find anyone that doesn't think they're the most talented uh, roster in the NFL. That's what I think makes it so hard is that they're not – they're not just the Bills. They're not just the Ravens. I can look at both of those teams and go, yeah, I mean, I can see why they didn't They didn't even get to the Super Bowl, yet alone. I can't say that with the Niners. That's what makes this so awful. So I don't know if I answered your question or not, but it does suck. I mean, this is – especially watching yesterday's game because they should have won that. They had that game.
0: You led me to one more question. You could have the 49ers of the early century that was 4-12 – and pretty much know that that's what your future is, or this team that heartbreaks you in the Super Bowl. Because that 4-12 and is my experience. That whole time that you hated it, that's been my experience pretty much my whole life with being a Lions fan. Which one would you rather have? I'd
1: rather have this. I'd rather have the excitement, the energy. I mean, look, losing's part of sports. All three of us are huge sports fans. It, it, Sacramento Kings fans can relate, uh, so I I still like this better. Yeah,
2: I, I would agree. I still like this better because of the fact that the football season's seventeen, eighteen weeks long, and we're going to see the team win in the regular season. And, and so, you know, it's it's easier to get to to be excited about the playoffs at that point in time than it is to know that oh, great, here we go, we're playing you know t- Tampa Bay or or the Patriots or Kansas City so here's another 30 point loss and yeah so i would i would rather take this just from the cons- consistency throughout the regular season and deal with the heartbreak in the end and S-
1: steve let me turn around on you a little bit now because now that you've tasted it And all indications are the lions should be pretty damn good next year. They're going to have to contend with the Packers in their own division. We think how, what are your expectations like now? Cause a lot of people are going to start saying the lions, they should go. They should go back to the championship game. At least
0: Uh, my expectations are, is I want to finally start winning. I think our roster has gotten really well. I love our general manager and I think he's had, you know, some great drafts and he's been able to build this team and we're moving in the right direction, but, man, I will tell you, having experienced it, I, I get what you're saying because, you know, when – and if I'm correct, when Campbell brought out the field goal unit type of thing – I'm sorry, went for it before they even called the play. I think I texted you with fired Dan Campbell because <laughs> I'm like, he needed to kick it. And I was crushed. I, I, I mean, yeah, when you're used to disappointment – Yeah, look, this is what we always get. But then to actually have that, this is it. We're going to the Super Bowl. We are finally getting there. That was as devastated of a loss I think I've ever experienced in my entire lifetime. I was destroyed. So I get (laughs) what you're saying at the Super Bowl because I'm still, I will go to my grave saying if he kicks the field goal, the Lions are in the Super Bowl. And watching that Chiefs team, I'd take my chances. I I think we would have ran it enough. (laughs) I think the Lions could have beat that Chiefs team that we watched play yesterday.
2: Yeah, I I honestly, I love Dan Campbell. I love the fact that he's a coach that goes for it on fourth down. You know, I love the excitement that goes with that. As a matter of fact, I wish we had had Dan Campbell yesterday (laughs) instead of kicking a field goal and and going for
1: it. Um, So let's let's give the winners their due. Uh, I think we agreed last week, Steve. We got a dynasty on our hands, right? Oh, absolutely. No doubt about and it. And what about, what about, so this, this article, Niners window is closing. Boy, the future looks really bright for the Chiefs.
0: Again, you're going to have to pay some players. I think their future looks bright as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy and playing quarterback for the Chiefs. I'm not that concerned with all the other players around him. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is that good.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, the Chiefs. Think about it. They got rid of Tyree Hill, one of the greatest receivers in the league, in and they game. win back-to-back Super Bowls without
1: him. Then, and and right halfway through the season, we're all talking about how the Chiefs don't look like the Chiefs, yeah. and yet they still win the Super Bowl. Uh, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey both announced they're coming back, uh, so no retirement announcements there. So, and Steve, what was your take? This came up uh, earlier this morning on a variety of levels. The Travis Kelsey Andy Reid bump and yelling in his face thing, a lot of people made a big deal out of it. Uh, there were, you know, you're gonna have the Taylor Swift effect. People saying, "Oh my God, he's got a temper. He's beating her at home. I, whatever." Uh, to me, I I was surprised. I, I, I maybe when I in, when I think about it, I'm not because society seems like they've gotten so soft about everything. It was a non-issue to me. To me, what I saw was a fiery player who wanted to be in the game. He was pissed that the, the, they just had a fumble. He's basically telling Andy Reid, if I would have been in there, I'm the, one of the best blocking tight ends in the game. I would have done something different. Put me in. And Andy Reid, after the game, said it, it's nothing. It, it, he was coming over and saying, put me in. I love that. It's not the first time I appreciate him. But, boy, people made a big deal out of how disrespectful it was and, and how he, what a temper Kelsey had. I just thought it was competitive.
0: Yeah, I didn't look that much into it. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit out of, you know, character on the sideline. You know, I'm not sure I want to see a player going up and getting in the head coach's face. But they've been together for so long. I I mean, everything they've both said about each other, you you know, they both have great respect for it. And I'm sorry, I'll take the Travis Kelsey all day long. He's like, look, I want to be in there. Get me the ball in that red zone. I'm going to score he has that competitive nature. I want that out of my player. I don't want a guy who's going to sit there and say, uh, you know, hey, don't give me the ball. Le- you know, let me just stand on the sideline. I want to watch. I want a guy who wants the ball every single time. And on occasion, you're going to see that. And we saw it, but I-, I thought it was really a non-issue.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, and <laughs> I, I thought it was a non-issue as well. And I think it's getting a lot more attention than it would have. I mean, number one, he threw his helmet earlier in the few games ago as well but you know I don't want to say the Taylor Swift effect but as you bring more fans in that aren't used to seeing football and understanding just how aggressive and mean that just not even uh, football but any professional sports there's a there's a lot of adrenaline flowing and and you're passionate about what you're doing and that's going to happen from time to time.
1: Kelsey did say his emotions got the better of him, said, quote, Coach has asked us to speak our minds. I just wanted to let him know how much passion I had for this team. He's one of the best leaders of men I've seen in my life. Mix Picks, the Mix Pick Sports Show. Let's go! Let's go! All right, here's another angle on uh, why the 49ers were right to keep the ball or take the ball in overtime. Email rad at radredo.com says, If Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, would have chosen to defer the 49ers' defense was tired from the Chiefs' last drive, the Chiefs would have driven all the way down and scored a touchdown no problem. That doesn't change it for you, though, Steve, right? Because you still want to know what you're up against.
0: Uh, exactly. I mean, I don't know, but if I watched the game correctly, the chiefs took the ball and went down and scored a touchdown. So what difference would it have been if it was their, you know, they got the ball first or they got the ball second. It still resulted in a touchdown
1: and, and totally unbelievable scenario. Let's just pretend the Niners do the exact same thing that they did when they had the ball first, they would then have to go for it on fourth down. And, 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 and because you have to score a touchdown at that point to keep the game going, I, 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 yeah, the Niners should have deferred, but there's a lot to pick on with with, uh, with Shannon. By the way, Gary and I were just trying to do something, uh, uh, Steve, in the studio. We can't remember a, a pass interference call yesterday.
0: No, I don't believe there were any pass interference yeah. calls. I'm not even sure if there was a defensive holding. There was. Oh, there was one because the Chiefs <laughs> got called for it yeah. uh, with the 49ers, which was really needed at that time (laughs) play give them the first down because it was third
1: and long yeah um the uh i thought i thought steve we talked about this earlier Uh, i thought the officiating was good in that it's not a story they let them play for the most part
0: yeah i absolutely agree with that and believe me i've been very critical of a lot of officiated games this year with questionable calls or non-calls to, to me, they did an outstanding job. They were a non-factor, and I don't even think anybody can sit back and say, "Oh, they should have called this or they should have called that." They blew this call. I, I don't even hear that from anyone. So, to me, uh, it was a great officiated game.
1: This is why all of the attention's on Kyle Shanahan. There's yeah. nothing else to point to.
2: <laughs> no, I, honestly, it was it was probably one of the best officiated Super Bowls I've seen in a while. You know, and I love the fact that they they did they let him play even the hits on the quarterbacks, you know, maybe some of those were questionable, but it's football, man. You know, it's it's the biggest
1: game. Let them go. Hey Steve, let's go right to your bailiwick. My understanding is that the sports books were rooting for the 49ers uh, and everything changed with that overtime and then the Chiefs wind up covering the spread and the consensus total for uh, was went over and that it would, it turned out to be a big day for the betting public.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and you are 100% correct when it was the world against the 49ers there. Uh, you know, I've heard s- stats that like over 70% of the tickets were bet on the Chiefs. Everyone was on the Chiefs. The big money was on the 49ers. But in a game like this, when everyone, you know, was betting on this game, that Chiefs money flowed and you know the game going into overtime because every year, you know, sportsbooks hang props at will the game go to overtime and you can usually get like plus nine dollars on it. What it's the second time it's happened. So usually it's a losing bet. But when things like that hit, you know, sportsbooks just another thing. You got hammered on the chiefs you got hammered on the game going to overtime and uh i i'm waiting to see the final numbers come out but my early indications from several sports books that i you know do talk to everyone's reporting that they got
1: beat up on this do this game was that a, a non-winning parlay ticket you it's, had there or something
0: not right? a
2: parlay but this is my uh august 50 dollars that I put on the 49ers uh-huh. that yeah I'll just shred that okay. right now. So. Was it
1: straight or was the money line better? It
2: was, yeah, I was okay. nine, I got 9 9 to 1 odds on it. So
1: now Steve, uh you you cleared something up for me this morning, but I don't they, the you know, one of the big headlines that that they have is right away the Super Bowl is over. So Super Bowl 59 odds open with the 49ers, uh Chiefs and Ravens, but you say that the those odds actually came out already. This isn't a correlation between the game yesterday. Yeah, no,
0: they came out like one to two weeks ago in most every sports book. Because, again, the sports books want to capitalize on the Super Bowl. So you get everybody in, hey, look, I'm in the book to watch this, but you know what, I'm going to grab the Lions right now to win the Super Bowl or something like that. So these odds all came out before the game was played.
1: So will will a lot of sports books, will they alter this after yesterday's game and say maybe the Niners aren't the favorite to win the Super Bowl?
0: I don't think they're going to alter it that much. Again, to me, the Niners have the most talented roster in the NFL. Just because they were out coached in this game doesn't mean that I would drop their odds.
1: So, Gary, do you like uh, you like Niners, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, Lions? Those are the five, and then Bengals, Cowboys, Eagles, Dolphins.
2: Uh, yeah, I would. You know, if the if the Jaguars stay healthy, I really think that if uh, you know if Christian Kirk didn't get hurt this year. I think the Jaguars really would have had a chance to make the playoffs and actually should have been in the playoffs. Or were they 8-3 and three at one point and mm-hmm. didn't make the playoffs? So, you know, I, I like their odds of making the playoffs as well. But, yeah, the first five, 100% for sure.
1: Clearly premature, Steve, but this is what we do as sports fans. I, I kind of like, you know, when we, we all, before the season, you start to go, okay, who, who's going to make a big jump? Who could surprise people? You're not going to like to hear this, but I wonder about those Packers.
0: Yeah, the Packers looked really well. They reminded me of the Lions of the prior year where the second half, they started playing a really good football. The Lions were able to carry that into this year. As a Lions fan, I'm disappointed a bit because, boy, I would love to see those Packers not be very good and Jordan Love, you know, play, play like he did the first half of this last season. But I think the Packers are going to be there. The, the difference I would have there is, I do believe the Eagles are very talented. I would move the Eagles up, and I'm a little concerned on the Lions because I do like what the Packers are doing and the fact that they are such a young team, and Jordan Love took that huge step. I'm not as convinced as the Lions should win this division as easily as they did this last year. So that's where I would move the Eagles up into that echelon, and I would drop the Lions back down into that next tier
1: from the teams that you had. I do love nobody's mentioning the, the uh, Cowboys. It's yeah. like, and eh, eh, they might be a little high there. Hey,
2: Steve, Steve, how much is that based on your previous history with the Lions?
0: <laughs> uh, there could be a little bit of that. I'm not going to lie there. But uh, again, though, the, the the Packers played really well, could have beat the 49ers. You know, the Lions could have beat the 49ers. So to me, I'm not that sure the Lions are, unless they Figure out the secondary. The Lions are greatly able to improve that secondary. I'm not sure the Lions are really very much better than the Packers.
1: Uh, We started with, uh, uh, can we slow down on Patrick Mahomes is the Michael Jordan of the NFL. That would be Tom Brady. He's, He's great. He's the best in the game. He's on his way. Let's go a different direction. We got this email from Jay says, Rob, what does Steve think about these comparisons? They're already doing between Caleb Williams and Patrick Mahomes. Number one pick, most likely.
0: Man, again, slow your roll. He's gotta play in the league and establish it. I I just I've you know Caleb Williams will be the number one pick, but I personally am not convinced that he is going to be anything close to what we see with Patrick Mahomes. It'd be nice if he was, because there are so many good young, talented quarterbacks in this league. But understand it's where the quarterback lands in the system, which matters, I think, even more to their pure ability and landing at the Bears. I just even if he could be Patrick Mahomes, I'm just not sure he will ever
1: be a Patrick Mahomes. It's so silly. Yeah, it's how many great college players have just not panned out. A couple of emails here. Uh, Okay, so Adam wrote in and said, Rob, I like the Texans for next year. Uh, Yeah, well, look, I jumped on the Texans real early. That to me, that's not going to be like a, like a surprise leap. They made the playoffs. The, the Texans, I, I mean, Steve, I think you and I uh, have already said, I mean, they're absolutely a playoff threat for next year. I think we both think they'll, they'll get into the playoffs again and maybe go further.
0: Yeah, they, you know, they won a playoff game this year. CJ Stroud, they got a lot of good young talent on that team as long as they have another strong draft like they have the last couple of years. No reason not to believe this team isn't going to continue to get better. My hesitation goes with Gary, though. Uh the Jaguars, I think, is a really good football team. They have a lot of talent. They don't have those star players yet, but with the Christian Kirk, etc if they can stay healthy, I still think Trevor Lawrence is one of the better young quarterbacks out there. So to me, again, I'm looking forward to that. Let's see the Texans, the Jaguars battle it out just like the Lions Packers. And let's find out who the better team is. But I think both those teams Uh, You know what? The Texans, the Jags are moving in the right direction.
1: So, Gary, uh, we'll go to you on this one. It's an email from uh, Anthony. We read off the top ten according to uh, Vegas right now. And he says, uh, what about the Chargers? Do we have a chance at playoffs? We have a coach finally.
2: Man, uh, you know, you can't count out Harbaugh. Harbaugh did great things with with the Niners when he was here. And so, you know, they've got a good team. It's all going to depend on if they stay healthy or not next year. They had way too many injuries this year i I think that I think there's a legitimate chance for them to be on the outside,
1: but not in the top ten, right. Wouldn't you agree with that, Steve? because you you mentioned they've got some work to do on that roster.
0: Yes, I believe they have some work to do on that roster. And the first thing Harbaugh is going to do, I believe, is go out and get a better offensive line. the The offensive line for the chargers is not very good. But the part that holds them up and where I agree with Gary is, You know, you're playing the Chiefs. They're two-time defending champions. You're in their same division. I I see Sean Payton with the Broncos. You know, where are they going to go? And I know Russell Wilson's not there, but if they're able to find a quarterback, that's going to be a very good team. I think the Chargers are going to be a good team. But when you have three of your four teams as – playoff type teams you're going to beat each other up so you're never going to be as good and the sad part is as i say this <laughs> poor poor raider fans <laughs> I, I mean i'm not sure when they're actually going to have a chance
1: the, 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 is there anything that you see the raiders could do steve that would get make them competitive in that division
0: um, petition the league to transfer to a different division. I, I, I just I, – I feel bad for him, and I'm glad Antonio Pierce got the job because I really believe he deserved it. The bigger question I would have is for both of you is, do you think Antonio Pierce will be the head coach following next season? I think so, yeah. Uh, if they go
1: four and thirteen,
0: five and twelve, does he keep his job?
1: I think uh, so. I would guess a part of it will be, what changes do they make, and can can fans and Mark Davis say, we gave him a lot, and he still and he's not doing anything with? It. I would think he gets two seasons, but I I don't know, Steve, because after the Josh McDaniels debacle and the Raiders are becoming this long suffering franchise, and and is it because somebody? Bill Belichick, is out there that Mark Davis says I'm going to turn it over to him. Th- this is the fun part now, Steve, is that we get to now do this. We have, what, you know, five months of, of figuring out how every NFL team is going to change and the maneuvers they're going to make, and we get to segue over to basketball and hockey a little bit more while still talking about all of this. So uh, thanks to Gary for joining us. Thanks for having me. And, uh, Steve, I will talk to you again tomorrow morning at 10 a.m.
0: Yes, and thank you, Gary. It was great having you on the show with us. Make this. Have a great day mix Right mix, mix High fly
2: ball into right field.
0: Mix.
1: She is gone. Pings. Yes, sir. mix So five seconds mix, mix. the mix you Over. believe in miracles? Yes! mix Unbelievable.
0: The Mix-Pix Sports Show.